0: everybody how's it hanging how's it happening you guys know this is kevin from the car progression podcast brought to you by dark fusion systems the best computers for all your computing gaming and whatever the hell you need custom computer for its needs you know who uses them ryan kirby from fit for a king that's who oh yeah get a hundred dollars off your entire build use the code cpppod as you build it on darkfusionsystems.com and other podcasts, go check it out. Now it's time for a feature presentation. We're bringing Josh from Sugar Spine back to the podcast once again. Talk about his brand new album, Emerald, which just dropped with features from Bleed from Within to the Grave and Cobble. Alongside, we talk about a fantastic idea for a more social media music connection and Just some great stuff about music production, all wrapped up in one episode. So you guys ready for this one? Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. This person that is sitting next to me on this screen right here was on the podcast back in the summer of 2022, and now he reached out and said, hey, we got a brand new album coming out, which came out literally the day before we recorded this called Emerald, And wanted to talk about it, wanted to catch up, and wanted to get more of you guys to know about it. And I said, well, that last episode was so much fun. We're running it right back again. (laughs) So please welcome Josh from Sugar Spine back to the podcast. So Josh, welcome back, my man.
1: Thank you so much, man. I remember that your introductions were also, they were always like so flattering. and This one has not changed. So thank you for having me once again.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Dude, the introductions are never going to change. If I can make it the most that. grand introduction I possibly can and make it seem like you guys are larger than life, yeah, I'm going to do it.
1: Okay, yeah, man. I love that.
0: So, compared to where we were the last time we talked with you, which was, of course, like July, I think, of 2022, to where you are now as we we're recording this, literally the day after Emerald releases, you know, early November 2023. Dude, what has all happened with the band since then, since this time frame of a year and a half? Because I'm always curious to see what that update is. So, just give us the synopsis. Give us the update. We got to hear it.
1: For sure, man. I think the keyword now is band slash we. Um, when we spoke last, it was a solo project, and it was just yeah, me grinding away doing everything. So, I produced, I produced Emerald. I, I wrote everything, did the guitars, bass. Um, I only programmed drums, but um, did vocals as well. And then, uh, but between then and I would say. February of this year Um, it was a solo project and then I finally came back to the Netherlands so I live in Europe now um, instead of Australia I got my visa so I'm allowed to actually stay here and not be freaked out about where I'm going to be and I started to look for people who could really bring the level of intensity and passion to the the project that I I needed and lo and behold I found three amazing dudes um, three uh, like the perfect fit, exactly what I needed. Uh, so since February, we've got a bassist, we've got a guitarist, we've got a drummer. The guitarist is this incredible guitar player, but then he's also just this little tech nerd, so he's doing all the backing track stuff, the IEM stuff, and then we've got the drummer, who's, so I should say, the name Sita is the guitarist, Tom is the drummer, and then Kun is the bassist, and they've all got their little strengths and they're all pitching in, in certain ways, and so um not only are they Uh, Really amazing band members and really amazing, you could could call it colleagues if you go into a business style thing, but they're also amazing people who have, um, we've all connected perfectly. We are all on the same page. We are all the same energy, attitude. So I have hit the lottery. So since we last spoke, uh, as you mentioned, we've dropped an album yesterday called Emerald, um, 10 tracks. We used the same. engineer mixer master as we did for throat full of ash which is a single that we actually released in November last year um so his name is Sebastian Senden and we've used him again uh and we have just been using that we've just been oh, sorry using him and we've been um yeah pushing that the past day obviously very hard and also the past maybe four months just dropping singles and singles and singles and uh now we now we're playing shows and uh yeah next year is just gonna be shows
0: shows shows well now the fact that you went from me to we when it comes to sugar spine getting the perfect mixture the perfect four ingredients put together yeah. for this band to be able to play in a live setting and to be able to work together and grow this overall project that i remember you started out you know in quarantine out of sheer boredom <laughs> which was just, again, absolutely incredible to have that happen. I see where something from a, you know, again, a terrible point in time where you literally had to sit in a hotel and doing absolutely nothing, then build this bad boy up to where it is today. You finally found that concoction. You found the grouping. You're in a completely different part of the world from Australia, going to the Netherlands and, you know, have this chance to just really grow through this. Now that you have new music out, you have a a full album out. You're able to go into 2024, you know, absolute all gas no breaks whatever happens happens and you're ready for it every step of the way that is a huge key because you know live music is still such a powerful thing when it comes to connecting with people getting people into your music especially when you're opening for certain bands like you're opening for room it doesn't matter if it's like a room of like 100 200 people or even it's a room of a thousand two thousand or even a room of like 20 you have an impact on those 20 and that number of people that are in the room right then and there and now you're able to deliver on that every step of the way to continue to grow the band and get more people into it
1: that's exactly it man and when i started the project that was my goal um i basically had like two goals when i started which was pretty much get the band to the point where it can kind of like run itself sustainably where i don't have to keep throwing my own money into it when it comes to the merch and stuff and obviously that's like a long-term goal that's not happening right now but that'll happen um, that's one goal. But then the other goal is to, yeah, get a band, like get get a group together and start playing shows, open up the international bands, and roll through town, play festivals, um, do a tour if we can get onto it, and just really enjoy that experience of playing live. Because, I mean, it's been ages since I've been in a band that's played live, and it's always been a, like an itch in the back of my neck kind of thing to really make it happen again. So, yeah, um, it's a special experience, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Really can't wait.
0: Yeah. And again, think about it again. The last time we talked, there was just you at that point. And then I think I even asked you, like, what's the next point? And you're like, I got to find band members. If we're going to go out on the road. and We're going to do something <laughs> like this. So that was going to be the next step in the process. And now that part is complete. And I absolutely understand where you're coming from as well, where you want this band to be at a point where it is sustainable on its own, where you don't have to take the money that you're making for yourself and put it into the band have the band make mm-hmm. its own money so that it can sustain itself you can continue to grow on that and you're not feeling like you're constantly getting in your personal finances put in the hole because band of course you did say you understand it's a long way off and that makes a lot of sense because that's every creative that goes through something like that band, mm-hmm. artist, you know any anything myself included I mean I'm still not at the point where this podcast is self-sustaining and it's been almost five years but we keep going at it
1: yeah, <laughs> it's really just a it's a labor of love, but I mean, I I see the I see the end goal which as you do, I'm sure, and I I know I know how to get there. I just need to combine, I guess, because I need like combine my passion with my motivation to hustle to get what I want, and so I'm just doing that. And it could be five years, it could be ten years, but but that's that's the goal. So will we'll get there. <laughs>
0: It is the goal, but now again, you've, you've already achieved some of the goals that you wanted to achieve to get to that point since we last talked. Full band, move to the Netherlands, you have the first album out now, and you're able to take mm. on this point where in 2024, you're going to have this chance to be successful in doing that. So now my next question is, kind of lean into that, where so what's the actual plan going forward? Like what are the steps you really are going to take to make sure that you can get to that end goal point? And what steps are you can take in 2024 to make sure that you know, the band continues to grow, you continue to play live shows and the money starts rolling in.
1: Well, I think the first and most important step for me, I won't even call it a step, I would call it uh, an an ongoing objective is to ensure that everyone in the band is as happy and at home as possible. Um, I don't want anyone to feel like their thoughts or their needs or their emotions or concerns are not being listened to. I, I'm really, really ambitious with what I want, but at the same time, I'm super in touch with what Tom, Cita, and Kun are after. So for me, uh nothing will happen unless we happen together. And so that's my my nucleus of my objective, is to make sure that we are all moving forward as a complete unit. Um I guess the second thing is to really make sure that as a live performing group, which is why they're there, um, is that we're playing as tight as possible. So with you know, with any monitors, making sure that we've got not we don't have to have like state of the art gear, but just make sure that we have stuff that's like worth people's attention, not just some, you know, random shitty cap that's gonna sound like absolute garbage. <laughs> so we wanna we wanna make sure that it's like good stuff and and luckily, you know, all these guys they have their own um equipment, which they've been happy to bring over to the band. Uh Tom is a fantastic drummer, he's got amazing stuff. Um, and and Sita, he's the one who came up with the whole IEM rack. He's said guys i need you to buy this stuff so i can make this rack and then it'll all be good and i was like okay yeah i'll buy this this, this and so is everyone else um with that with that requirement so yeah gear is like making sure that we all play super tight and we also put on a really impressive and professional performance as well as making sure that we get off the stage in a very efficient and professional manner because that's what also makes people happy um but then in general it's just really making sure that we are as active on social media as we can. And I think the most important thing for us as well, it's not just posting, but it's also engaging with every single person who engages with us. So um if it looks like there's a hundred comments or eight, 80 comments on our posts, it might be 40 people who have messaged us but then it's us replying to every single one because we want everyone to feel like their engagement towards us is is valuable. And which it really is because you know otherwise we're just releasing music into a vacuum. Um, so yeah, engagement for us is really important, making sure we're actually making real connections. And I think after that, it's really just continuing to make music that we find authentic. If we just try and make the heaviest song or we try and make the most emotional song, it doesn't, at least for me, it doesn't translate. I think being heavy or being emotional isn't the goal, it's the means. So as long as we're authentic with what we create and what we put out, then uh, we can move forward knowing that what we have is is powerful and it will resonate with people because the the emotion comes through so yeah i guess like to put it succinctly uh making sure that we're all happy together making sure we put out sick content and talk with everybody play really sick shows and make some really fucking good music that's that's it
0: i mean of course when it comes down to it the big thing is the fact that if you guys are together as a band and you have that nucleus built up you have that trust with each other built up that's going to be something that's going to take you guys much further down the line when it comes to shows, when it comes to, you know, writing music, when it comes to anything going forward, even potential financial troubles, which every band goes through at some point in time. Yeah. Due the fact that if you have that trust there, people don't feel like they're being taken advantage of. People don't feel like that they're, you know, they're not being heard. But there are two main things that you brought up specifically that I want to, you know, touch on. The first one you brought up, though, was, you know, you want to make sure that when you're playing live that your live show resembles what you want it to resemble. You don't want to go up there, have an idea in your mind and make sure that it comes out and, you know, not have the proper equipment to do it, not have the, you know, bad backing, not have a bad cab or something like that. Because, you know, there's times where if you have that and you're put you're going to play and you want that higher quality, but it's coming through as very rough, very raw, very rigid. Now don't get me wrong, if you're a punk rock band or a hardcore band yeah. and you're trying to get that sound, then fuck yeah, go and do it because then <laughs> you're still hitting on the absolute sound that you're trying to look for. But when it comes to you guys, when it comes to this metalcore, deathcore, just fast paced, you know, sometimes get very melodic at uh, times when you listen to Emerald, it's you wanna have this certain production value, you wanna have this certain sound value from the live setting that is going to make sure that your show and your music hits people the way you want them you want it to so that they can connect with you as the band on a more personal level and if you want to make sure that you're going to try and compete with the big boys you got to make sure that you're able to sound like you have the sound quality of those big boys because if you're not then you know from a fan standpoint you're going to be going through and it's like okay I'm going to be listening to your band and your sound quality might be down here. But then the next band after you might be at the same you know, size as you, you want, know, if we look yeah. at it, different metrics, but their sound is up here. Who's going to be the one that I'm going to remember for the positive? I might remember this one for the positive, but I'll always remember the bad sound that was put out from a band that didn't have good sound. And it sticks in your brain and it keeps going forward. That's just human nature. We tend to remember the negatives more than the positives. The social Mm -hmm. media side of things is another huge one as well because, of course, social media is such a big thing in the world. I mean, it's been a big thing in the world, especially music, ever since MySpace came out, ever since. And the bands that are continually able to connect, react, and comment back on other people to make them, you know, connected with the band more, have this bigger trust with the band, and know that, you know, hey, I'm getting a comp back, this is cool. But actually having something of substance there and not just, hey, thank you. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks. No, no, no. We can see right through that. But if you're going to take time to comment on it, that's a big thing. The issue, though, too, is there for you guys. But this is where the trust comes with the band as well. You know, it's, it's social media. got to be on like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, yeah. uh, shoot, whatever else is out there. I mean, if you're still on like freaking Foursquare or MySpace or <laughs> if Vine was still a thing, there are so many different places you could be. And there's so many yeah. people that might be commenting on it. You could get exhausted just trying to make content for it. and You yeah. don't want to post on this stuff. You don't want to comment on it. And I get it. It's human nature. But the fact that you have four guys in the band now total. And you and these other three guys can work together on this. So it's not one day someone can take care of it all. But the next day, another person takes care of it. You're still hitting 100%. on that and creating that ability to do it and not get burnt out. That's what keeps this machine going. That's what keeps your goals continuing to be goals that you're going to achieve and not letting them just become dreams that you hope you have happen sometime in some time in the future. 100%.
1: That, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so I totally lost my train of thought. Literally, as I was speaking, my my just, just went straight out of my brain. <laughs> yeah, the, the engagement is so important to us. And yeah, sorry, I came back. Uh, and then burning yourself out, posting on all these platforms. It does get really tiring. Like we we barely use TikTok, honestly. Um, we barely use anything except for Facebook and Instagram. We use a bit of um YouTube here and there. We just post up videos and stuff, but we don't do any, much or enough, I suppose. And maybe that's a pitfall or a downfall, but, uh, I mean, Instagram is kind of where we've built up most of our fan base right now. It's also where we like to interact the most with our, with our fans. It feels really weird saying fan, but the, the people that like our music, I suppose. Um, so, I mean, as we, yeah, I, I guess as we get busier, um, especially into next year, then we'll definitely delegate all that kind of stuff and make sure that we are as present as we can be.
0: Oh, oh, understandable. And when it comes to TikTok, too, TikTok's such a weird thing when it comes to music because we've yeah. seen bands like Bad Omens, uh, Sleep Token, Catch Your Breath, really take mm-hmm. that and really grow with that. But even my own personal experience when it comes to trying to grow the podcast on TikTok, the biggest issue I had was, yeah, I might get something that hits. I might get something that works on a, as a single yeah. video. But then how do you how does that translate to more people actually checking out your art, checking out your music? For me, checking out these episodes. On TikTok, mm. you know, for music, it can have a little bit more of that because oh, if you have a song, if you have a song that goes viral on there, people can take that song, and you see the name of the song and the artist on the bottom, yep. so you still have that remembrance in there. But even if you click on that, what happens is now you see all these other videos with that sound clip. You don't go to the artist, you know, Spotify, their Apple Music page or the or the YouTube video for that song and get to listen to it fully right then and there. It's yeah. You have to go off the platform and there's no easy way for the, you know, for that to go off of TikTok or for TikTok to incentivize you to go off of it to go to somewhere else to yeah. support these artists to get to that spot. That's where I found out. And that's why I jumped off it because it just wasn't working. But when it comes to music, it's you still have the fact that you people will c- might consistently see your name, see the, yeah. the of the band, see the name of the song. And then if they see it enough, remember it, jump off, go to Spotify, add it to a playlist. And then now you've got another fan continuing to grow from there.
1: That's exactly it. And that's what, that's what you touched on is the fact that you can't actually go off the app to a Spotify account or to a, to a Apple Music account, and that's that's deliberate, you know. Why would mm-hmm. TikTok provide a link to get you away from their app, or why would Instagram do that? There's no reason. They want you to get further and further into their rabbit hole. And I mean, it, but I mean, business wise, that makes perfect sense. Like, why would you send someone away from your website? It, like, that's not how it works. But it is frustrating because yeah, you can see someone like you know, there's that um uh ambient artist called One Heart who's got a really well known song at the moment out. Um, or even there's one called Vines right now, which is the song that I'm in love with. It's called Gossamer by Vines. I'm obsessed with it, and you have to go find it on the platform because yeah, you click it. And it's just like one or two videos that maybe went viral, and that's it. But I mean, it's it's frustrating. But if you like it enough,
0: it's
1: not that bad. It's like five thumb presses, and then you're there, so it's okay.
0: It's not that bad. But then again, we're dealing with humans in 2023 and going into 2024 where convenience sure. is the <laughs> utmost key and the laziness, yeah. you know, I, to take five thumb taps is not going to happen. It's its something where I would love to see something where, you know, for the artist perspective, where maybe like, you know, a, one of these streaming services, whether it's Apple Music, whether it's Spotify does some sort of partnership with TikTok where for all those songs that end up going popular, when you tap on that, it shows all the videos, but then there's something that says, that has like the Spotify logo, so you can tap on that and you can tap on the Spotify mm. logo and go immediately to the song. And that way, you know, even though you're going off of TikTok specifically for that, at least there's a partnership in there between the two so that financially and business sense, it makes sense for them.
1: I think it would also bring people to use that app more because they know that they can find music that they like from a real or from a TikTok or whatever. And then they can go, oh yeah, but I know that like, TikTok actually sends you to Spotify. I think that would actually be a selling point of using that app anyway.
0: Do we just come up with a great idea that TikTok could possibly use and that would also help out artists at the exact same time? I think so. I think
1: we should sell it to them. We can split 50-50.
0: Dude, I'm fine with that. Any, anything. Right. I mean, that would be a potential big, big idea too. You know what? Fuck yeah. it. We're going to cut this up. We're going to be, I'm going to, like, say, you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm going to send to be like, have you guys thought about something like this? I am honestly, I feel like they probably did at some point, I, but I the, but, and then like, okay, what, what's not working about it? But come on, just, you're seeing how you've seen how big your platform is for music. And when it comes to social media, think about this. We had MySpace, then we had Facebook, then Twitter, Instagram were the big thing, then Vine, then it moved over to TikTok. And TikTok's been mm-hmm. pretty big, especially since the pandemic hit. There's yep. going to be something that comes after that's better than that. Wouldn't you want to continue to stay ahead of the game so you continue to stay even more relevant and continue yep. to innovate? That's how you do it. That's exactly it.
1: And you say it here and there, like they, they do little things to try and bring people back um you know instagram doing threads for instance or, you know that whole oh, thing, you, but, you mean
0: knock off twitter exactly what's well, x now you know you gotta be careful you gotta
1: be careful man oh, oh um, if,
0: if elon musk comes and yells at me for calling it twitter i'm just gonna just look and just be like <laughs> okay all
1: right man so you know if you want me to on,
0: call man. it x just give me like a, you know an annual income of something you know we'll be give good. me a blue tick for free yeah <laughs> no i don't want the blue tick for free just give me a you know like what a $1, thousand dollars a hundred dollars a day even you know just to, that'd be nice
1: yeah i'll do it i'll do it for nice. that yeah that's 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 a fair that's a fair agreement actually i like that sign me up for that one as well please
0: yeah because then you know i get to just start focusing on the podcast all day and every day and then i don't have to worry about it also but tax free i gotta put that in is
1: that tax
0: fucking free just cash just like slide across the table you know, it's gonna just be easy. Slide <laughs> <on> right by. <laughs> man, I might be able to make more money off of this whole entire thing just simply off of really ridiculous idea business deals. It's so ridiculous that it could work. It is. Let's give it a shot. Let's, definitely give, Let's it give it a shot. shot. We're going to cut this out. We're going to send this to Spotify and say, oh, send so it's to TikTok. And they're like, hey, we're going to really for you guys. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that, that idea, all of a sudden, what happens if we each get like, what, you know, like two, three million dollars? Boom, set. We're fine. That's fine. I can
1: buy a new base. He really wants a new base guitar. So I'd be very happy
0: with that. I could quit my job and still focus on this and not have to worry. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, probably for 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 absol- for years, decades, even off of that. I mean, I
1: can make Seriously. that happen. Love that. That'd be nice. Unless
0: it? if I would all you know go to Vegas and put it all on, uh, go to the roulette put black. it all on yeah. seventeen black. <laughs> I don't even know if it's even if black and 17 are the numbers anymore. This is how bad I am with casinos and gambling. I don't even know because I have never oh, actually played man. the roulette wheel. I just know that there is a number, a color, <laughs> and that's it. And it's either red or black. Not, not as bad as me,
1: but I've got no idea what that's So I'm, I'm too scared to gamble. I feel like even if I lose five bucks, it's like, I'm so hurt by it, so I just stay away from it.
0: Yeah, and when you can spend that five bucks on better things, like helping your bassist yeah. get a new bass guitar. Yeah, or like an
1: overpassed coffee. Like, I really prefer that over gambling.
0: Yeah, because at least, you know, you're getting something of value in return instead of just, we're going to take that from you. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly, man.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But of course, the main key that we have you here for is the fact that Emerald, your brand new album, came out the day before we recorded this. So, dude, when it came to this album, you said that, you know, If I remember from when you were doing this stuff originally, when it was just all you, you were producing this on your own, you were taking care of it on your own. I know you said you had someone help you mix and master this, but did you do a lot of the production on this album yourself?
1: Yeah, um, I produced everything. And um, the, it was mixing and mastering done by Sebastian. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of things that he did, such as like certain soundscapes or certain sound effects, like... Um, he he did like a little bass, like uh, that rumbling bass kind of layer at the start of an Antlers, and a bunch of other things like that. But the the textures for Pseudo Panther and Hisashi and all those things—it's it's all me. I produced all of that stuff, and I just cleaned it up to the best of my ability. But I left a couple of, like, I, I left a couple of shitty guitar rings and some weird noises, almost like mistakes because I didn't want it to build perfect and. It was kind of like a, a we call it a trademark or something, but I want I to kind of just feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm not perfect. And i was this album in my eyes. So I just wanted to make that little picture. It's like leaving a wrap from the chocolate bottom. Like, oh, I should clean that out, but it's okay. That's just, that's my chocolate
0: bottom. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I, I know what you mean. Cause I'm taking a look around even like where I live right now. I'm like, oh, someone sent me a postcard like two months ago and it's sitting on my end table right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's I could probably awesome. do something with that, but it's been there it's like, You know what? I'm just going to keep it there. Sitting right under some sunglasses I found on the ground at Louder Than Life in Kentucky when I was at the festival. And I got to tell you, I'm keeping those sunglasses for the next festival because they worked like a charm. But but specifically on that aspect, when it comes to you doing the production on this, when it came to listening through Emerald, that was one of the high points that I saw throughout the whole time was the production value that was behind it because Look, man, I've listened to a lot of music this year. I've listened to a lot of it. And I've heard some really, really, really solid-sounding stuff. But because, of course, I listen to a lot of stuff from younger bands, always looking for the next thing, what other great bands can come on the podcast, there's a lot of times where, understandably, some of these things are not that produced produce well some of these things are not tight some of these things have a lot of these different mistakes in them maybe they're overproduced to the point where it sounds like everything is muddled together and it just sounds like there is no human quality to it or it's produced so roughly where it sounds like you all recorded this you know in your basement just jamming out and you had one microphone in the center and you (laughs) hope to god that the drums are not too big with the echo but what you were able to do producing on this one, especially having more of this aggressive metalcore, deathcore kind of hybrid, especially on a good number of these tracks, especially the faster, heavier ones. What happened mm-hmm. was they still sounded so crisp and clean and heavy that you want them to have. And they still sounded solid to the point where the vocals, especially with how fast that backing could be at times, really stood did still... stand. Ah, still stood out consistently to where it's not getting lost in the shuffle too much it's not getting overdone because the backing is too loud or it's too aggressive or it's too amplified the other key of it too is putting those little mistakes in there as well those mistakes help do two things if you do them right one it does keep that human element in the production side of it so you're not missing out and two if we hear a little like crazy, like, like guitar, like, you know, you, you pit, you hit the wrong note or some, or you just like slid a little bit on it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this. How cool is that in a live setting? And that's such a little bit of a trademark that gets put into those songs. It just adds mm-hmm. a little bit more of this specialty to it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, firstly, thank you a ton for that. I, I really appreciate, I really appreciate how you say it. And that's kind of what I was going for. It's it's really just trying to make it sound as authentic as possible and those little things, it's like, even just between chugs, if there's like a little on a string or something, it's it's like, I'm going to leave that in because that's, that's human, you know, it's not just perfect, um, you know, perfect produced stuff the whole time. And then even with the the light of an oncoming train, there's this part where I clear my throat before the final thing. And I was just thinking, yeah, it's, it's, it's real. Like that's, that's like a real thing. And um, so, yeah, it was really important for me to do that. And then when it comes to the actual, the, like the mix itself, uh, I, I have to give all the credits to Sebastian, Sebastian because he was so passionate with this project as well. When he did "Throat Full of Ash," that was the first single that we did together, and, and I said to him, "Make it aggressive, make it sound like an explosion. I want it to sound like the world's ending and all that kind of stuff." And uh he said, "Yeah, okay, uh, watch this," and he sent it back to me, and I went, "Okay, you can have you can have everything I make from now on." And when I sent him "Emeralds." He was able to do that with the aggressive songs, but then he also darted a little bit further back for the softer songs, the more, what you call it, emo, the more melodic songs. And that attention to detail is what makes it so powerful and so authentic. Um, he's he's a fantastic producer, fan, uh, so a fantastic engineer and, and master. He went underneath uh, Nolly for a, a good amount of time, so he did a lot of stuff and nobody else. And so, that experience and then that attention to detail with a lot of
0: stuff is what I'm super
1: grateful for working with him. And he treats he treats my album as it's his own. So it's a really special relationship that we've got.
0: You need to have that with anybody that's working on your music as well, especially from a production side, mixing and mastering, where they're taking it in and they're treating it like it's their owner. They're treating it like, you know, they want to make sure it's gonna be the best possible product. Not because it's just their job, but because they're connecting with it so deeply so heavily and they understand exactly what you're going through with these songs, what you're trying to speak to, and they can connect with them. And that's why producers got like, uh, guys like Joey Sturgis are still consistently yeah. great with what they do because they're able to get inside the heads of the artists they work with, understand where they're coming from and then take these projects on like they're their own children and just create, you know, alongside you guys produce alongside, yeah. mix and master alongside you guys. So that every bit of it comes through the way that, the emotion of your storytelling needs to come through. That's always a big key. And again, man, listening through the whole entire thing of with Emerald, it came out here. Of course, me specifically loving the, half, the faster, heavier, more manic stuff where you can go smashy, smashy, have some fun. That's really what I'm picking up on. But even when you went more with the softer, more melodic, more... Emotional side of things. I'm not going to say emo because every time I think about that, you know, you guys didn't go, Where are you? <laughs> yeah. In these, you, you didn't do but any I think that.
1: emo, It's more like the kind of the kind of emo. Like really, really kind of like a lot of sweet
0: sad emo kind of stuff. And I, tonight I would be the night that I would fall <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there like it wasn't anything like that, but it's just the way that you guys were able to just have this massive contrast between the heavier, faster songs and some of those more melodic, drawn back ones. It's something where on an album like this, you know, you might hear one song like that, but there's a couple on here, and when you drop it that far back at times, you want to make sure that the mix, you know, still amplifies the same way that it's going to on the other songs, but have this different feel to it because you're not going to mix and master a song, you know, that's going super duper more more melodic not super dude but like more melodic more progressive you're not going to do in the same way as something that's going to have a shit ton of double bass and unclean vocals going rapidly so much where all you want to do is dive headfirst in that pit and hope to (laughs) god you don't end up with a massive concussion at the end of it
1: exactly and and sebastian is so uh i mean he's he was so he had so much attention to detail of that stuff. He was really conscious about the moves he was making. So even if it's just guarding that, guarding um, back for distortion on have of patients, or um increasing the distortion for um doctor in the breakdown, just really just turning it up like a small split, so it's like a bit more abrasive, or I don't know, adding a little bit more reverb, so it's a snare bomb during pseudo like all those little things. He was like, Can I do this? And I said, Yes, you can you can definitely do that, thank you. So yeah, he's, he's, he was so in touch with everything and as a result, for me, when I heard it, every, when I heard everything come back, he was just sending me the songs, he said, how do you do like this next? And I'll, I'm like in the car, he's like laughing because I was like, holy shit, is this actually me? Like, <laughs> he's, he's turned totally me into like a little bit and it's almost, uh, it feels like the imposter syndrome sometimes when right I hear
0: it, like this is so good. Yeah, it's like you're listening to the mix, and it's like, my god, this makes it sound like we should be on tour with Wage War or something like that. Jesus <laughs> yeah.
1: Christ! Yeah. No kidding. But what I love about Sebastian is that his mixes, they sound modern, they sound crisp, but they don't sound super overproduced, or that it's like, it's like perfect guitar but it's like, you know, like being which like, sit there perfectly. It's, it feels like this wall of sound, and it um, has a lot of dynamic. As well, and really make sure that it kind of goes soft and it opens up again and it's oppressive and it's really uh So he's really really conscious about what he's doing. I'm so grateful he really does.
0: Oh, absolutely be grateful for something like that. And then even when you brought yeah. up, again, the mistakes as well, where you had the point in the yeah. one song where you're clearing your throat, it's like, yeah, you know, that's something that people can remember, relate to. Think about, I brought up Wage War, I'm going to do it again. Think about their song, The River, right before they go into the big blem, it's like 40 seconds in. Yeah, both clearing his throat, goes like, <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, okay, yeah, that's exactly. the part of the song I remember more than anything else. A, a piece that might have been, like, sound like a mistake at first, but you kept it in there, going into this big, massive bleh. And yeah. that's something that, you know, you watch different videos, you know, the best bleds of all time or the TikTokers that make that kind of stuff. What are the best bleds of all time? <laughs> OK, you know, you know, you know, Sam Carton Architects are going to be in there at some point in time. You know, the <laughs> river is going to be in there by wage war. You know, Chris Motionless is going to have a bled in there somewhere. Still, one of my favorites is uh, what was me with I told you once they do the blah, 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 because it's just, yeah, you gotta put something like that true. in it. But it's those little like things that just sound like they're mistakes can be those possible things that just take the song into a new height because it's a point of remembrance and where else are you gonna find that?
1: That's exactly right. We even think about even if it's um even if it's deliberate like you think about spy um Darius just knows a bunch of random noises in there <laughs> or even just going over and active voice I do just going to these horrible screams, like screaming and then copying and almost like gagging noises When what it's all about That's something that interests me so much it was just like just be, just be normal. If you're screaming, man, like it, you're not going to sound comfortable. Mm. It's like when you cry, you don't have to be beautiful when you cry. You can know, cry. It's okay. It's the same thing. So you to let yourself hurt when
0: you're doing stuff like that. Yeah, no one looks, no one looks like they're like you know perfectly primped up and perfect in <laughs> yeah. yeah. when they're screaming or crying. I mean, yeah, start cry- like you know you start crying. Look at yourself in the mirror. You're gonna look and just think. My god, I do not oh, look shit. as good. I do not I do not look as good as I thought I did. And when you're like doing unclean vocals too live, you know, you're just like yeah. Like is, like watch like if you ever go see Lorna Shore, watch Will Ramos that was scream. just what I was
1: about
0: to say man. Like the dude does not look like the dude looks like he's in pain the whole entire time because just the way <laughs> his face looks, yeah. but yeah, that's how you get the like you got to do that to get those sounds to come out. It doesn't look pretty, but you know, w- when it comes to hard work, hard work really never is pretty, so kinda of makes him. sense.
1: And yeah, and you're not going there to watch little video model on stage. You're going there to do what he does best. And when he does his top levels, yeah, he's great. kind of like flattens up. He looks a bit like an earth one, but mm. so does most other vocals when they're doing low stuff because they're dropping chin down, they're getting all lower and whatever, and it's it's just part of what happens. And even in guitarists, when they do a solo, sometimes they probably mostly dip in but that's that's okay. This is this is why they're good and what they do because they're focusing so much that they don't care what they look like. And that's a that's a important cool thing.
0: Yeah, you don't care if you're you're shredding a soul and you're just like, "Ah." like you're feeling it. You're showing the emotion on stage. Or if you're doing the unclean vocal and you're trying to get really big in there, just going, okay, you know, you got to put that on there if you want to make the sound. Because then you're not going to go, going, Uh, I I, just can't do it. It it doesn't work. You have to put all the muscles that you can into it that you need to put into it to make it. And if you look like, you know, you look like you got whacked in the back with a baseball bat. You're trying not to show that you're in pain because, you know, you're trying to impress your friends. But you're just like dying on the inside. You're just like.
1: That's, That's it. And good. some people are just naturally gifted out sort of turn yeah, So I think he was amazing that he does his work because he just he looks like he's always in control in a good way. Like, how do you make those noises well Look at that but maybe I think it's just like super attractive to it. But again, it's it's a it's a talent. It's definitely a talent.
0: Who knows? It's definitely a talent. But also when it comes to the album, when it comes to Emerald, you had a couple of different features on this album from some guys when I looked I'm like that's some heavy shit. How the hell did you get these guys? So let's let's talk about the features, man. How did these things all come into play?
1: So yeah, uh the first vocalist is Andreas from Cabal, and he appears on a track called Hisashi. Um when they released Magno and I was obsessed with his voice. I thought he was an absolute monster of a human being. His vocals are so demonic. And when I was yeah, when I was listening to it, I just thought, I need him on something. And there was a part in Hisashi which is so aggressive and it's so deathcore and it's so cabal-esque. It's just gang, 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 gang. gang. And I thought, okay, he's got to do that. So I just messaged him on Instagram said, Hey man, I love your sound. Your vocals are horrifying. Can I please have me for a song? And he said, yeah. Um, so I sent him the track, I sent him the lyrics and he sent it back to me, a bunch of, you know, doubles, main vocals, everything. So he put a lot of work into it and uh, that's what you hear now, just a really well done guest vocal for him. And, um, as like, since then we've become pretty friendly. Um, when I went to Australia in April, early this year, they were doing an Australian tour and we ended up meeting in Sydney. I jumped up on stage did a guest vocal part for them. And then they went to Melbourne. I also went to Melbourne coincidentally. So we hung out, we had beers. And that was really cool. Like Aviana and Earthcaller. It was like the weirdest thing. I'm like, what, what am I doing here? Like, why am I here? Um, so that was really sick. Um, so yeah, we've just been hanging out since then and, and just chatting and stuff. And it's really cool to have them and, and also to have their support whilst we've been doing our stuff this whole year. Um, Scott Kennedy was a really cool privilege. Really cool pri- privilege we were able to get in contact with him because sebastian helps edit their latest album shrine because Nolly produced and mixed and mastered the album so he was already in a group chat with that um band because he was the one who was editing the drums and preparing the the workspace for Nolly. and he he said hey do you want me to ask scott if he wants to jump on a song i said yeah absolutely please so he messaged Scott and said, "Hey man, I have got a guy who's making an album. He's got a really cool song. Do you want to? Do you want to be on it?" And Scott said, "Send me the song. Let me let me know." Like, not sorry. He said, "Send me the song. I'll let you know if I'm keen." And he sent Scott the song. Scott came back and said, "Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm down." And I was like, "Holy shit!" So I, I messaged him privately, or personally, and I said, "Hey Scott, thank you so much for being interested in being on this song. This is really cool. Like, I'm, it's it's a privilege." And he just came back saying, "Yeah, dude, my pleasure. It's a really cool song. I'm stoked to be on it." And then he sent me his part. The rest is history. And uh, same with Dancing to the Grave. Uh, I've known Simon, who's the drummer of To the Grave, for about ten years already because we grew up in the same metal scene together in Sydney. And so I messaged him and said, "Hey, man, I'm, I'm, you're playing in Amsterdam. I live really close. Let's let's hang out." And it was Tilburg, but whatever. It's all it's all the same mm-hmm. here. Um, I said, let's hang out. So we ended up catching up. And then I met Dane, rest of the boys, and Dane and I were talking about rap music and and deathcore and everything back in like the MySpace days as well. And I said, dude, can I, can I have you on a song? He was like, yeah, send me the track. I'm on and did the same thing. He sends us the the vocals back and rest is history, man. So I was super lucky. Uh, I was also just, I guess I, I was just shooting my shots and I got them. So really stoked with how it all turned out.
0: Hey, you got to shoot your shots if you get a chance at it. It makes a lot of sense. I still remember when I saw you post about the fact that, you know, you had Scott Kenney from Bleed From Within feature, and then you're going to do something online with him, like some sort of like, you know, talk with him yeah. type thing. do. when I saw that, I'm like, you got to be, when I saw, I'm like, who yeah. the hell got this? Because I put in a request to try and get Bleed From Within because I'm like, after seeing them out in tours here, I'm like, I want to give it a shot. I didn't get rejected. It was, let's wait until they have new music coming out, which I understand. I totally understand. And when yeah. then I saw, I'm like, who the hell is getting this? And I'm not like all of a sudden I saw it was you. I'm like, this is the second time, Josh. What? (laughs) And then I saw it was on the album. I'm like, oh, that makes Uh, now. Now I'm like, now it's a different story. Now this makes more sense. But it was just too funny. So I'm like, I remember the last. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man.
1: (laughs) I was honestly, man, it it was such a, I mean, you could say lucky, but it was also just such an awesome opportunity to have him because when, like when he was already on the song, Mm -hmm. we just kept on talking said man this is so cool thank you again and um he gave me like a lot of i guess insight into the song and he was just really supportive of sugar spine in general and then there was a festival here in the netherlands and they were playing i said hey dude um like let's catch up and stuff he said yeah sure i'll put you on the guest list and i was like oh cool amazing so we ended up meeting at the festival and we watched in flames together and we had a really cool chat uh just in person We're just watching together and stuff and then I said, dude, do you, do you think that you might be keen on doing like an Instagram live chat to talk about the song and, and you guys and us? And he was like, 100%, like, land the date. It's like, oh, actually, what? This is fucking cool. <laughs> okay. So I said, okay, November or whenever it was, like October 2nd or something, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, he said, I'll be there. Said, okay. So we just chatted for an hour on the on Instagram, um, just seeing the comments come up. And I was just like, this is fucking outrageous. Like, Who who am I, man? Like, why? This is cool. So he's, to me, that just says more about him than it does about me, honestly. He's such a class act. He's he's really a genuine person. He wants to see everybody succeed. And when he's passionate about something or when he's interested in something, even if it's not even that big, you know, i.e. me, he still puts due attention and, uh, you know, a lot of class um, time into it so i was yeah really really grateful for everything he's done for, for me and for, and for sugar Swan.
0: i mean not only him but just all three of the features that you had on this album just the way they put together you put them together the song the way that their vocal features went in there it was something where it's like, you know, the song really fit with what they're going for, fit with their yeah. style as well compared to what you're doing. So when it came to making that ask and for them to listen to it, it's like, okay, we're already into this stuff. They kind of probably had a feeling exactly they wanted to go with it, ripped it, ran it, and it came out the way that you probably, you know, never thought it could come out, but my God, it did it absolutely work. And again, shooting your shot, taking the opportunities that are there, that's kind of one of the big things because you never know what might happen. Shoot, even like the day that we're recording this, um, I had a band reach out to me and they're like, hey, we're playing your we're playing by you like, know in your hometown today. Uh you mind coming out to the show seeing us? I'm like, I completely forgot you guys were playing, but you know what? Yeah, sure. You never know. It's like, what happens if I hang out with them? What happens if we get to hang out with one of the other bands that's there? You never know. You just take the opportunity to run with it. That's literally yeah. taking the opportunity to run with it. That's how I got to meet Holy Naps is because I took a case of beer on the <laughs> bus to go, you know, thank Caskets for being on the show. And Cause I'd been talking about like all pretty much most of the night I get to the bus yeah. and all the guys from Holy Absence are there instead. And they You're put like, brought, oh, they, hey. they brought me on the bus cause I had beer and I knew the secret knock. That's, that's how it's, you get into these
1: places. Ah, <laughs> yes. It's the currency. It's, it's it, the perfect The beer is the currency, piece. but
0: same thing like what you do with Scott Kennedy right there. It's, but, and you just kept, you know, you kept up that relationship. You just kept it going and he had an idea for some, you asked about it and you took a shot. If you would have asked about it and he said, you know, I'm not really into it. That's fine. You got an answer out of it. But if you never would have asked, the answer would have been no. But you still didn't kick yourself because you never would have known if you wouldn't have asked it, would he have said yes? In this case, you're like, let's do an Instagram live. Boom. You did it. Boom. You saw the comments rolling. You knew it was successful and it helped get this album and get your band into the minds of more people because of it. That's how you do this shit.
1: That's exactly right, man. And we wanted to do something that was interesting that doesn't really happen a lot. And I thought the Instagram live thing was a perfect opportunity. It's, um, yeah, and like I'm fully aware that if I bring Scott on, that I will be um, exposed to his followers. Like I'm not like, oh, it's such a privilege, and then like being like, haha, yeah, but I'm gonna get his followers. It's like I'm totally aware that that's that's the result. But this is why I wanted to do it because I thought it was a really authentic way to expose ourselves to someone like. You know a, a fan of of his because it's a similar kind of music um it, it's it's something that he's also interested in which is you know the, the song that he was on as opposed to i don't know just liking a bunch of people on instagram and then messaging them being like hey like wear this and this and that's a cool way to do it but i just thought this is a little bit different and it also gives people more chance to learn about him um about why he even jumped on the song in the first place like how he even came to talk and and whatnot so yeah. Um, and it's the, the thing you said about, you know, saying, like, getting a no back, that's the most important thing. It's like the most in, like, the most important thing for me is either getting a yes or a no. And if I get a no, I'm happy because I got a response. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm happy about. And then even if I get a no, I've still interacted with this person slash company slash agent who now knows my name or knows the band's name. And uh, that's the seed planted for the next time when we might be a better, bigger more relevant or more um, suitable for whatever opportunity I was reaching out to them for or something. So yeah, it's just, it's just like picking away at certain things, but it's fun to pick away at shit, man. Cause you see the progress over time. It's so cool.
0: Yeah, if you pick away at something, it's, you know, you're, you're chipping away at it. You're not going to see necessarily the full progress that you want to see right away. But over time, you're going to see, you know, they said you're digging a hole. You're going to see that hole get bigger. You're going to see it get deeper. And all of a sudden, you're going to look back a year and a half later, you're going to halfway and be like, holy shit, I dug myself into, like, into this hole. Wow. Yeah. Look at all this progress it- I made. But again, exactly. or, you know, you're building up on something. It's like, you know, you know you're know, you trying to save money for a car or something and you save a little bit every single day or every single paycheck. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that much at the beginning, but all of a sudden a year later, you're like, God damn, I can get a better car than I thought I was going to get. It's stuff like that. Yeah. And when you brought up, you know, yeah, the, the Instagram lives thing. Yeah, it's going to be help you guys get more exposure for your band. It's understandable. There's a lot of things that happen like that when you're connected with someone that has a larger following than you do. But it's it's kind of like how you go about it. Because if you're like, I just want to get on this because it's going to be a bigger thing. No, it's not work. But if it's like, okay, for you guys, you want to get on this with Scott so you can get people to know more about the band, but also get people to know more about the fact that Scott's going to be on the song, that, you know, you're going to get to hear something from him. This is how it all happened. This is how it all went down. And also, this is your chance. You know, you potentially put a random comment in there in their Instagram live stream that I might read because I like to read the stupid shit. And you might get this random question answered like, Scott, what's your favorite kind of toothpaste? okay, that's random, but it might work. It might like, that's the chance you take. And it's like, you just have fun with it and you build off it and you make it so that it's the most fun thing that you, as like an Instagram (laughs) live stream between you and Scott, the most fun thing that you guys are doing at that moment. And everything else is going to follow.
1: That's it. And I think there was one comment, which was, uh, it was something like, Scott, are you a pineapple guy or a mango guy or something like that? And then with his Scottish accent, he said something like, what? He's like, how like ask these kind of questions. It was like, this is such a, it was such a funny response and I lost it, but yeah, it's, it's like call it an icebreaker or something, but um, yeah, it just gives you the chance to see how they naturally react or how I naturally react. And it's, it's that human connection between you and you know the, the viewer. So I, I love that kind of stuff and I want to do more of it. Um, I, I really would like to do one with Andreas and one with Dane, you know, when the time comes, if it's possible. Or even with Sebastian, just whoever, you know?
0: Man, just just asking. You never know what might happen. I mean, you might get yeah. an answer. I, mean, I I wish the answer from Scott at that point would have been, we don't have pineapples and mangoes in fucking Scotland. What do you
1: think? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's very true. We don't it's have skin, fruit here. We
0: have rain. That's what we have, whiskey. rain. Lots of scotch whiskey. Lots of, lots of scotch, lots of rain. All right, Josh, I got one more question before we wrap this up, and it's something I love to ask everybody ever since came up with the idea about two and a half months ago it's a way for us to get to know more about music more about the stuff that you're into and just get to know more bands that are out there that you're enjoying so can you give me three (laughs) counted three bands that you're checking out that you want to get more people to know about get more people into and suggest them to everybody so give me three that you're enjoying right now man let's go okay
1: the dutch metal scene is incredible the dutch metal scene is incredible So the first band straight off the bat is called Torn From Oblivion. These are five young boys who make incredible deathcore music. Um, They're like in their, I think, early 20s. They play gigs all the time. They've already played Jera On Air, which is a massive festival uh, in the Netherlands. Um, They are, am I allowed to say this? I can't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it's about a show that they're playing in the near future. I don't know if they've announced it just yet, but... Horn from Oblivion, they did uh, an EP, uh, a split EP with the next band I want to talk about, which is Changing Tides, and the EP is called Convergence. Um, these two Dutch bands are fantastic, and they're also the two, um, the first two groups of people who welcomed me with open arms into the Dutch metal scene, so those two bands specifically. And then the third band is Braces, um, super, super heavy, like hardcore slash deathcore. They just opened for D's nuts in, um, in Rotterdam. And... The vocalist, Tom, is a monster. Bass the guitarist, is a weapon. Um, They're they're fantastic. I think Bass is actually in both Changing Tides and uh, Braces as well. It's a very, I don't want to call it incestuous, but everyone's kind of got like one or two bands in this scene. It's really funny. But um, yeah, those three bands, check them out because it's not just because they're my mates, but they make insanely good music.
0: So that's the point about that whole entire segment is, you know, I want to know about more bands. I want to get more people to know about more bands. And that's how we learn about the fact that, you know, I learned the fact that there's a huge Canadian hardcore scene right now. So that's how I yeah. learned about that. That's how I learned about the fact that now there's a Dutch metal scene that's freaking nuts. Now I'm like, yeah, that's how we get to know about this stuff. So I always ask about it. And I love hearing the responses, even if there is, you know, like you said, little band on band incestuous where you have <laughs> some band members. It's like you're part of two or three bands. It's it's all, as Dominic Tredder would say, it's all about family.
1: <laughs> it's it's really tight knit here. But it's good because there's so much support, man. It's outrageous how much support
0: there is. Hey, we need that kind of support because you get that kind of support and then the your metal scene grows and then as bands do better, you know, all their bands start picking up and the fans get behind it and you get this metal scenes to pop up like you know, where you're from, the Australian metal scene and just see how much great quality is coming out there. Let's get more of that shit to happen. So Josh, as we bring this podcast to conclusion, one thing i'd like to do is give you my friend chance to everyone to say plug room a plug promote your are at the end of the episode so my friend the floor is yours
1: okie dokie um so yes please go listen to sugar spine's debut album emerald released yesterday november 3rd um it's available on all stream, all streaming platforms on spotify apple music title and youtube blah 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 um it's on bandcamp if you feel like sending us some some cash for that please you know go buy the album that's uh that's really cool Um, we've got merch as well on our website just i think it's sugarspine.bigcartel.com or something like that so please go buy some cool shit we are playing well for all all the dutch people who listen to this podcast we are playing a show on the 24th of november musicon in the hague um so please come party with us and uh listen to all your local bands the big bands have enough listeners go listen to all your local bands
0: that's a perfect way to say it. Go listen to all your local bands because that's how we get and become the big bands. Now it's time for this podcast exactly. with three things. First things first, Sugar Spine, Brand New album Emerald is out now. Just talk about a show that's being played on the 24th as well. And you want to get to know more about how cool these guys are, how cool this stuff is, and not miss out on any of it. So... This is what you're going to do. You're going to let me be your own personal Google right here. Go to script for the podcast, which is Find Sugar Spine Online, LinkedIn Labels for social media, YouTube, where you can stream Emerald, where you can listen to music, where you can get their tickets for live shows, and where you can follow along with them and not miss out on a beat of anything they have and get some merch as well and support them on a financial standpoint. All going to be down there for you, <laughs> so go and check it out. Go make sure you find along with them so you do not miss out on anything. I'm making it easy for you guys. Just click the link and go. Now it's time you for number two. Josh, last time you were on the podcast, I remember I said I enjoyed it so much that I made you a promise of the first time i get to see you perform live, whenever that is, that the first round's on me. Sir, it's now first two rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I and, like that. And when it happens, I hope to God that it's in the Netherlands because I really, really want to go back.
1: <laughs> Dude, uh, come, come and hang out. We've got places for you to, to stay and, and everything. It's going to
0: be cool. No Hell yeah. We're going to stay. We're going to mosh. And we're going to do stupid shit. Yeah. We're going to do stupid shit. I'm down. I'm so down. Hell yeah. We're going to do stupid, <laughs> stupid shit with a Dutch metal scene. That <laughs> yeah. that sounds like a great podcast series right there. I'm down. I'm ready for it. 100% sign me up. Perfect. All right. Now it's time for number three, Josh. As we bring this podcast to conclusion, I cannot end by saying goodbye. Because of your second time on the podcast, there will be a third. I have to make good in that promise as well. So goodbye is too final, my friend. This is I'll see you later. See you later. Ooh, well, folks, this is my interview with Josh from the band Sugar Spine. And now it is time for Kevin's final thought. And I'm going to jump into the final thought being about Josh getting these features on the album. And where, you know, he took the chances. He took the risks on them and reached out to try and get this to happen. And I think about it as well from the podcast side. Think about some of the guests we've had on this year alone. Steel Panther, Voice of Bachi Pra Seven Dust. From Ashes to New, Dayshell, um, I'm probably missing a bunch in there that you I probably could put on this as well. Getting Lucas from Holding Absence on there, which was something I really, really, really wanted to do. Adelaide's Way, Drowning Pool, um, getting Matt from Caskets back on. There are so many. Here. Woe is me, even uh there's Joey Sturgis that was one I was no I was forgetting Joyce Sturgis. August Burns Red think about all those bands I just mentioned the word alive getting telly on here Wh- what was one of the big reasons why we got these bands on here it's because we took that chance it's because we asked and if I wouldn't have done, done anything if I wouldn't have asked I wouldn't have done the research wouldn't have tried you know the answer definitely would have been no but I never know what the answer would have been had I asked I've asked for some interviews I've asked for some bands and they've said no which is fine which is fine, I know. But they never shut the door. They're like, no, not at this time. Okay, that means I have more work to do. But at least I know what the answer is. If the answer is yes, then we're going for it. Similar to what Josh did here. And it kind of gives a lot of upcoming bands just new perspective in terms of what you can possibly do. It's just give it a shot. Give something a try. Do your research. Do your, do your due diligence. Give it a shot. You never know what might happen. You want to get a, a feature on, on your album? You know, Give it a shot. Just see what happens you know, reach out to the best possible channel. And if you get a no, you get a no, whatever. But then, you know, if you get a yes, perfect, then you go forward with it. You see what happens. You try and put yourself in those positions, puts you in a place where you can potentially get something to happen and start building up on it. And if you build up on them, like, you know, like, you know, spot by spot by spot, it's like building blocks. You get more people to come to you. You get more people to check out your album. You get more people to check out your band. And it continues to grow. It's just stuff like that. And it's just, Basically, you know, I think, though, is it uh, Al Pacino in uh, Any Given Sunday? It was like, it. and for football, it's like, it's the guy who is willing to die who's going to win that inch in any fight. But when it comes down to, like, with the band, it's the people that are willing to go out and do whatever they can do are going to be the ones that get those opportunities because they're putting themselves in that position and you should do. So make sure you follow along with Sugar Spine. Go to the description of the podcast. Links and labels for everything down there for them. So following them. Listen to Emerald. Check out what he's all got. Let's go for it. Also make sure you follow along with the Corporate Rush Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hit the subscribe button right here to f- make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. New episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday of the podcast and reaction videos every single Friday. If you're on Five Spotify, Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Amazon, hit that subscribe or follow button. Those episodes that come out Tuesday Thursday are also available on audio stream as well. Hit the like button as well on the episode or on this video as well to help push in the algorithm. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, everybody, for listening on that. No, that's going to be for today, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Card Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one of those been healthy and hearty. See ya!